Greetings and welcome to the Lave Radio Elite Dangerous Premier Event After Show Party. The dust has settled, we have left Duxford Imperial War Museum, we've left the, the fantastic aircraft and the even more spectacular Cobra Mark III model behind. And we're now back at the Holiday Inn Express with probably about, oh, close to about 50 to 100 Elite Dangerous fans propping up the bar in the Holiday Inn Express, which we have to say we're very grateful for the fact they've managed to hold the bar open a little bit later to accommodate us all. So the plan for the after show party, there's a few Blade Radio presenters still kicking about and there's still a few members of the community that I think we probably want to get a few interviews with. So hang with us and we'll get them right up to the microphone. Okay, so before we get started and grab some of the key members of the community up to the microphone to give us their views. I've managed to collar the wonderful man himself, Mr. Grant Psychocow. Grant, how do you think the evening went? It was a, an amazing spectacle. It was fantastic to see that Cobra when those hangar doors opened and to see the cameras flashing, to hear the Blue Danube blasted out at such huge decibels. It just made that, that, that magical moment of, we're here. It's happening, it's arrived. And all these thousands of people, all these thousands of people <laughs> turning up to share in the most amazing experience of the, it was just awesome. And okay, from your from the evening, what's been your most exciting memory of it? Well, I have to say it's the number of people that have come up and just recognised me from all the mindless nonsense that we've put out there and just been desperate to have a chat, to, to talk about Lave Radio. They, we've been able to sort of talk to people that have never heard Lave Radio, who are huge backers in the Kickstarter, and to be able to say, have you listened to this podcast? And, and to get enthusiastic about this one thing that we all share, which is this love of the Elite game, this history of how we all came across it, and uh, how it's changed our lives in bizarre ways, and how we've all ended up here much older, much wiser, and frankly, we should know better. But we're here having the fun anyway. Yeah, I like the fact you say much wiser. I'm not entirely sure I agree with that point, but it has been interesting. Obviously, we're uh, coming from a point where yeah, we've been very much heavily involved with the community. We've seen some very sort of key members of the community. But tonight, I mean, we didn't think there was any of them left, but there were members of the community that haven't heard Lave Radio. There was members of the I community know. that you know, literally haven't played the game until tonight. That was the biggest reveal, was the people that could be over saying, yes, I've been waiting for the, for the full game launch. You're thinking, what? Why? How can you do that? I've got people that were back to the DDF level, but had never been involved. And this is the first thing they're seeing is this finished, polished product. And you're thinking, what's wrong with you? You've missed out on it all. You've just got to get in there and play it. Yeah, you say they've missed out on it all, but you know, think about it. Wouldn't it be nice to just go straight into the game as it is now, as opposed to all of the orange spinning sidewinders, all of the networking issues, all of that sort of jazz that we've been... Yeah, working our way through in this two-year journey to just turn up tonight with that great environment and go, oh, actually, this game that I backed two years ago, it looks freaking awesome. Well, see, this is interesting because I, I reckon people who come to the game 
brand new. I'm going to say, like my brother has, who's been playing it just recently. What button do I press? <laughs> Whereas we've really kind of developed, as the game's developed, that complexity has come in from simplicity to complexity. So we've had that opportunity to develop with the game and to understand these bits. So, I mean, if you can imagine trying to explain Super Cruise to somebody that's new to the concept, yep. I remember saying to my brother, you're in Super Cruise, and when you approach the planet, you should then be able to drop out of Super Cruise and then dock for the station. Well, that's not as simple as it sounds. That involves slowing your speed over the length of time and then getting down to the correct speed to be able to drop out of Super Cruise before you shoot past the station. And that's been his biggest problem. Because his biggest issue was he couldn't see the station, so he didn't know where the hell he was going. Now, we know that's all changed, which is wonderful. And yes, I think I'm a bit envious of these people that are maybe coming in fresh to get that, that unique, mind-blowing experience that we just can't have again. And we've maybe had a slightly diluted introduction, but now this game is still beautiful and amazing. Okay, we're going through some of the stuff that we saw this evening. What would you say from the reveals that we got uh, were some of the standout moments of the live show tonight? The Interdictor. The Interdictor. I've never seen anything like that. The whole thing about that is you see that uh, wonderful black space forming and you think, bugger this, I'm going into Super Cruise. <laughs> I am not hanging around. I know what's coming next. And it was stunning. I mean, it was amazing. And I, I know that uh, Karash was quite nervous about tonight and doing his little bit of uh, the show, but my goodness that was some scary scary situations that they showed us tonight yeah absolutely obviously uh, we've mentioned it a little bit before in the cast but they basically recreated the uh, the Damocles video with uh, with Karash John Virgo the uh, elite ambassador from Karash Landing actually sort of recreating that event live in the show uh, obviously finding the Imperial capital ship calling in some of his friends and for the first time that we've actually seen uh, group jump working and group comms working live in a game situation. Oh, the group comms was spectacular, wasn't it? It really is like being in your own science fiction movie. It was. I mean, when we all saw the Damocles video, God knows how far back, we all said, that's the game I want to play. And then two years later, or a year and a half, or a year later, to do that, to recreate that live in front of a thousand people in the actual game engine, in the actual game environment, was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. It was it was a spectacular. So, uh, the whole evening with uh, was just so wonderful to have all these people just stunned by the same things. To sort of be there to feel the gasps as people went, "Holy crap!" And uh, the likes of uh, the lone gunman, who's obviously a, a, a devout uh, imperial, to see his face light up, and you're thinking. When are we going to get a good federation ship? Honestly, come on, David, get your finger out. We want a good federation ship to, to counteract that bad boy. Well, actually, before I forget about it, a funny story about David Braben this evening. We were all standing in Duxford waiting for the big reveal. We were on the opposite side of the hangar where all the Cobra and stuff was waiting to be revealed. And obviously the Blue Daniel came up and David Braben, it was all cordoned off. We had security in front of the main hangar doors. And David Braben was uh, ushered underneath the cordon so that he could sort of be front and centre when it started. And uh, just as he was there, one of the security guards came over to David Braven and tried to usher him back underneath the, uh, <laughs> the barrier and said, I'm sorry, sir, you can't come here. 
and everyone's just absolutely wetting themselves. Obviously, this poor security guard, yeah, group four or whatever he was, didn't know exactly who it was that he was trying to usher back under the cord. It's like, that's the creator. You're, you're just trying to get David Braben. Anyway, we how we laugh, but what an amazing sort of reveal when the, the hangers open to that sort of theme. The Blue Danube waltz and standing right in front of us was awesome. this fifth scale model of a, of a Cobra Mark III. We had a, a good laugh at the desk because we could oversee the Oculus demonstration and we had this wonderful moment where someone was looking around his ship and of course when you've got the Oculus on you can't see what the hell you're doing <laughs> and as he slowly turned his head around and almost connected with the crotch of the, <laughs> the guy standing behind him we were in stitches, it was fantastic. Oh dear, that's where virtual reality and reality just do not mix really. Okay, well, we're going to go to the bar, we're going to grab some drinks, and what we're going to try and do is we're going to try and bring up some uh, members of the community. I think we've probably got Kate Russell lined up to tell us about her experience this evening and what it's like being an elite author on stage doing a live read-through to a thousand people. Stay with us. Okay, and we are back at the Elite Dangerous After Show Party. After Party, the After Party, the only place to be. And for those of you that don't recognise the wonderful docent tones, we have the one and only, the wonderful, mostly harmless author, Kate Russell. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the show. It's nice that we finally managed to catch up to you this evening. Right, now, do you know what? Everything that I've tried to do tonight has taken about three hours because I have to stop every three paces and say, yay, hi, yay, hi, hugs all around. I've had so many hugs tonight, it's not even funny. No, I think there's been a very appreciative crowd there this evening. We've got about, you know, between 500 and 1,000 people who've probably read your book, which has yeah. got to be nice. No, definitely. And just seeing a large hangar filled with 40-somethings acting like... Hang on a second, I've just got to say goodbye to this wonderful lady. Bye-bye, give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Bye. Nothing like Sorry. live radio. <laughs> Absolutely nothing like live radio whatsoever. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry uh, don't take your time, Kate. It's fine. Yeah. It's just fun. It's been no, nice no, 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 it's fine. This, no, is no. What, this is what I'm saying, right? <laughs> Every time I try and do something, like get interviewed by Live Radio, I've got to... <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, it's been an amazing night, but it's so great to see a room, a hangar full of 40-somethings acting like teenagers. Brilliant. Well, I mean, I think you summed it up nicely when you said to uh, David Braben when we were handing over the, the community presentation that they gave us our childhood back and it was so funny as you say to see so many 40 year olds acting like they were 10 15 all over again yeah do you know what i've even heard a couple of them actually physically go squee <laughs> seriously <laughs> the jazz hands and everything squee with the jazz hands they're that excited <laughs> now i have to say not that i'm going to admit this on live radio but there has been a couple of occasions when they were making announcements where I did manage to get my voice so high that only sort of dogs and dolphins were able to hear me, so... Yeah. Oh, that's what your appreciative crowd outside the door are doing here. Sorry, go home, Fido. Shoo, go shoo. home. Not tonight. <laughs> but no, it has, it's been an amazing evening. Congratulations on your live reading. That must have been a little bit daunting. It was, mostly for the fact that it was almost 11 o'clock. And I think I started drinking in the bar at about... Yeah, I was there. I can definitely guarantee it was around about four o'clock. So I was just about able to still articulate my words. But no, brilliant, brilliant. And I can't believe the Cobra. It was quite a reveal. It's, it's one of the things that we keep on talking about. We keep on coming back to it on the show. That wonderful moment where you hear the Blue Danube playing in the background and the lights start flashing and the hangar doors open. And 
all you can see coming out of the smoke is this amazing fifth scale oh, you're Cobra Mark squeak. III. You're going to make me squeak. I'm, I'm not going to squeak on Lave Radio. Sorry, I'm not going to squeak on Lave Radio. It, they did a fantastic job and we were talking to Chris Gregory, the art director, mm. and yeah, that has been his baby. There's been a fantastic crew of people putting the thing together, but they've been checking in regularly to find out how that centrepiece has been going. I think they pulled it off with a plum. Yeah, do you know what? I've met a lot of people from the development side tonight and you meet the community and you know the community are awesome and completely behind it and then you see David as a figurehead and you know he's like completely behind it but you kind of think these development people are kind of, you know, slightly aloof, shadowy folk. Yeah, absolutely. And they were all there tonight and not a one of them didn't come up to me and say, that's double negative, sorry, but you know, they all came up and said, the community is awesome, thank you so much. So they really, really know who's behind them and how yeah. much of a difference that's made. Yeah. And to be able to stand on that stage at the beginning of the evening and represent that community to hand over effectively two checks totaling £2,209.84. Yes. You could just see that flicker of through David's eyes when I said 220984. I was like, date ring a bell. He was like, oh, yeah. Uh, they were blown away and they really, it's nice to be able to see how connected and appreciative they are rather than it just being something no, absolutely. disjointed. And maybe we should just focus on couple of minutes for that community presentation we're going to get the guy behind it up and uh, talking the wonderful mr mike snoswell but maybe you can take us through it because obviously you were there to give the community's presentation back to the developers david raven didn't know it was coming no he, he was trying to walk off stage before he was accosted no, no, no. by the wonderful dan grubb in full uh, cosplay outfit rather alarming like yourself wonderfully kitted out in uh, elite dangerous flight suit was banned from coming off stage when he thought he was done so that you guys could come up and present in pizza boxes of all things which might need some explanation yeah two checks and a plaque take us through that okay so basically on the forums for the last two years since the kickstarter every major release day there's been a fairly small part of the elite dangerous community who said we're going to put our hands into our pockets and buy pizza for the release day crew because they know it's a long overnight haul or whatever it really is so they send a stack of pizzas over and this has happened every major release day for nearly two years and then for, so for this big auspicious occasion they dug extra deep and we kind of spoke to Frontier and I think a couple of people from Frontier said look you guys you don't need to get us stuff because Frontier get us a lot of stuff Frontier by all accounts are a very good company to work for and they get them coffee and tuck shops and all the rest of it so they said you know maybe just don't get us something but if you want to do something do something for the charities and the guys put their hands in their pockets and passed the plate even wider to the rest of the foreign community and in typical elite dangerous community way their generosity knows no bounds and we raised for charity for special effects and games aid who are the two charities that frontier support £2,209.84, the original launch date of Elite, 2209.84. And it was my privilege to be able to, to go up on stage today. And so we were supposed to do it at 7.30. <laughs> we were said, right, 7.30, David will do his intro speech. You'll be at the side of the stage and you'll just go up and surprise him. Right. 
at 7.15, <laughs> myself, Dan, Gabby and a couple of other people were kind of like milling around underneath the Concorde having a drink and we hear David starting to do his intro speech. <laughs> like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> Excuse my French. So we run out, we leg it over to the late radio stand where all the goodies are. We grab the pizza boxes and a couple of scrolls which were the checks and then we barge through the audience we're like let us in let us in let us in we've got stuff to do and literally David's about to walk off stage we're like no stay there Mr. Raymond because we have something for you you shall not pass you shall not pass and to see his face and then just I can't wait to, to tell the news to special effects of Game Zone as well just the community flabbergasted to me their generosity and the, those charities as well are both sort of like local small charities that are involved with games and that amount of money will mean so much to them and it was so lovely I mean again even obviously presenting these two massive checks they're you know, oversized checks that had actually been designed by uh, Liam Rafty Mobius yeah, from the yeah, forums yeah. and they uh, had written on Bank of Zeons and listening to David Braben saying we have oh, it's a check it, Bank of Zeons and it's 1000 and yeah, just him sort of being so surprised. It was so lovely to be able to give something yeah, back. Yeah. And then Ian, of course, made the beautiful plaque. And that's the other thing, obviously. We had two checks and a plaque. Now, what did the plaque have yeah. to say? So the plaque said, and again, we discussed this through the forum, the plaque has in big letters, it says, thank you for making the galaxy into our playground. And then in small letters underneath, it's uh, presented to Frontier Developments by the Elite Dangerous Community, proud to support special effects and games aid. So that's something that they can keep and stick on their wall. Which is fabulous. I mean, the community has such a large part of making this game a reality. The fact that, you know, they've got something, you know, thank you for making the galaxy our playground. I think that pretty much sums up exactly how everybody feels about really getting this game back after, crikey, 20, 30 years of playing it. I know, I know. It's been a long way. It has been a long way, yes. Yeah. So it's amazing to think that it's been two years since the Kickstarter finished. I know, I know. I was very tempted because I got to do a Twitch TV conversation with him as well. I was very tempted to lean over when he was being interviewed by the presenter with my laser gun and say, don't make us wait 21 years for the next version. <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be us for a good few years to come. But obviously that's the game. Yep. Tell us about the book. How's it going? What's coming off? So I should say, seeing as your audio producer is standing just a little way behind you, how is the audio book for Mostly Harmless going? I'm absolutely blown away by it. I got a sneak preview of an early edit a few weeks ago. And no, I shouldn't really be surprised because, you know, we've heard his work with Escape Velocity and we've experienced late radio, but the production work is just amazing. The atmosphere around voices when people are talking and those sneaky sort of like cheeky little sound <laughs> effects from the game and when your fuel scoop is deployed. Uh, it's amazing isn't it? I mean we had this conversation earlier on the evening we both listened to a lot of audio books and just the level of production that he's put into all of these things and obviously being nerds and massive fans about the game being able to hear the sound effects of they say a sidewinder engine booting up as they talk about it in the book it, it just adds that extra level of immersion yeah. it's phenomenal yeah it really makes you feel especially if you played the game as well because you do there's, there's just those little touches that completely immerse you into the story and so yeah I'm, i can't wait for everyone to hear it it's going to be out 30th of november and i just can't wait for people to hear it oh, it's going to be phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and couldn't let you go without asking about what the future entails. What would you like to see from the author side of things with Angel Rose? What would she like to be doing in maybe a year or two's time? What would you like to see from the game in a year or two's time? 
Well, the first job for Angel Rose is flying to Slough, which I'm going to be doing. I'm broadcasting a Twitch TV channel starting on the 19th of December, so Game Launch is on 18th. I am going to spend the 18th kind of getting myself ready because I finished Click on the 17th, so my last day of work at Click is 17th. 18th, get ready, then 19th, I am spending two weeks broadcasting Angel Rose's journey back to Slough on Twitch TV. God knows what will happen. This is Kate Russell's Christmas <laughs> wrapped up <laughs> yeah, here, guys. <laughs> My dad phoned me and said, what are you doing for the Christmas this year? I said, uh, I'm going to be flying to Slough. So said, I'm trying to get back to Slough, Dad. <laughs> it's like, it's not that sad. It's just down the it's M4, like, it's fine. Instead. I'm like, no, 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 seriously, I'm going to space. I'm going to be busy. So for those people that want to track your journey, where can they find you? It's twitch.tv slash kateclick. Awesome. And if you follow the channel, then whenever I start broadcasting live, you'll get an email or a ping or whatever. So that's next for Angel. Um, next for Fiction, um, Fantastic Publishing has my fantasy book that I finished writing 10 years ago that they love and have asked me if I want to publish it with them and I've said yes absolutely so that will be the next thing coming from me hopefully early next year okay so this is the first that most of us will have heard about this take us you know give us a 60 second sort of surf of what this new book's going to be entailed it is called The Bookkeeper's Guide to Practical Sorcery and it is a comedy a little less adult than mostly harmless (laughs) Uh, so it's a young adult comedy about an accountant who wishes he was a magician Brilliant. and his struggles to become a magician in a world that no longer believes that magic is real. Sounds phenomenal. So it's, it was my baby 10 years ago. That for me is me in a book. You know, mostly Harmless is me and my writing, but I was kind of on a prescribed brief yep. because of the Kickstarter yep, and the yep. game world and everything. And I'm really happy with Mostly Harmless. But Bookkeeper's Practical Sorcery is kind of what happens in my head when most people aren't looking. <laughs> This is Kate Russell Unchained. This is, I mean, do we, do we really want to read this story? I'm now starting yeah. to get a little bit alarmed here. Yeah. Are we going to be the same after we've read it? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's phenomenal. So when's that coming out? Next year? Well, it's finished, but I need to do a bit of a rewrite. And Dan's got it at the moment. So hopefully early next year, that'll be ready to roll. That sounds phenomenal. Right, final question. Yeah. We've seen where the game is. We've seen where we think it might be for release. Yeah. What would you like to see? Blue Sky thinking in two years. Hopefully still playing the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Planetary landings I'm interested in, but actually more than planetary landings, I just want to be able to move around my ship. Yep. Absolutely, I'd agree with that. The level of detail they've got into these things. Especially because at the moment you can do the head look and you can actually see parts of your body. So even if you're just hovering by a really beautiful newborn star that's spinning really quickly and is giving off like loads of amazing phosphorescent light displays, to be able to get out of my command chair and just go and sit with my head in the bubble and have a look, you know, that's yeah, I can see real that. immersion. So I'm looking forward to that, but definitely country landings and... Um, need generation ships around Slough. <laughs> I did, I said to Michael, I said, so Slough, have I got my generation? He's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, it says Michael, the only thing you've got around Slough is a lot of radioactive waste. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Kate, it's been absolutely fantastic talking Thank to you. So Thank much. you for stopping by. We will catch up with you and interview you about your new book and go into Thank a little bit more depth. Thank you again for your continued awesome support. You guys rock. Absolute pleasure. Take care. Thanks, Thank Kate. You've flown ships at max speed. You've felt the power of the 30-megawatt mining laser. 
you've experienced the efficiency of the MB4 mining machine. Wow. But it leaves every hardcore miner with just one question. Why can't I get a shave that's that fast, close and efficient? Introducing the Saracen MB5 shaving drone. It's so smooth. Combining the power of a mining laser with the convenience of a drone. It's like every hair is targeted by a fighter and destroyed. Saracen's patented shaving drone attaches to your face at the start of the day. Leave it to do its work, and when you come back to check, your face is shaved. He's so smooth. It's like I'm mining my face. The Saracen MB5 shaving drone. Now I feel manly. Saracen shaving. Making shaving an unnecessary adventure. I am very, very, very excited to say that we've managed to get the very shy and reclusive Mr. Mike Snoswell up to the microphone. For those of you that don't know Mike within the community, Mike has been integral to uh, a lot of the, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff that we've been doing in terms of the release day pizza club and also for this event, the, uh, the charity donations and the plaque award that we've been doing for Frontier Developments. And last but by no means least, the book of thanks, maybe we should call it, uh, where people tonight have been signing a lovely book, basically saying thank you to Frontier and, and leaving a message saying you know, why this game is so important to them and what it means to them that the game's come back. So without any further ado, I'm going to say thank you much for coming on Lave Radio, Mr. Mike Snoswell. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Mike, let's, let's start from the beginning. Obviously, you've been integral in terms of the special community gift that we present to Frontier at every major release. Take us through that. Well, a good few months ago, we started off with the whole pizza thing, giving, giving Frontier pizza. And it, it sort of mushroomed and the pizza quantity got higher and higher. And the, start, the amount of money starting to come in higher. More people wanted to join in. And so we thought we wanted to do something really special for Gamma and for the release and make it sort of a proper, proper surprise for them. And we were thinking of things, um, sort of gift bags and that sort of thing. And then one of the developers, on, when, we, when we start up the thread on the forum saying we want people to help out and uh, sort of, uh, give Frontier a surprise, one of the developers piped up and said, actually, we're getting rather full of pizza and we've had a rather a lot over the last few months <laughs> and uh, we, w- would you possibly consider giving to charity so uh, we're, people started thinking actually that's not a bad idea really. we like, rather like that and, so, and it sort of sort of mushroomed from there really and you got in touch with Frontier I believe and actually asked what the official Frontier development charities were that Frontier themselves supported and what were they? Yes, one of the team, it was a group effort, not just me at all. There were countless people involved, but uh, one, of, one of the guys got in touch with uh, Frontier on the quiet. So we, we, had, we had a mole inside Frontier <laughs> and um, found out from them what charities they supported. And they, picked, they gave us two charities and said, pick from one of those. And that's really where it started. And we, we, when we got to a certain amount, we thought, actually, we could do two charities for this amount and give it give it a certain amount of justice so that's really where that came from and we're, we're really pleased to be able to do it yeah. and you know these two special charities one is uh, Games Aid and the other one is Special Effects and both obviously charities very much sort of invested in the actual games industry Special Effects certainly makes it more accessible for people with disability to play uh, the latest games and so that was how it all started 
what went on from there? Obviously, more members of the community got involved. We had a plaque. We had checks. How did they come about? Yeah, we'd originally sort of wanted to uh, give Frontier a surprise anyway. The pizza's getting a bit predictable. We, we, we were starting to think that they, they were doing the releases on Tuesday just to get the double amount of pizza. And also, we were seeing yeah. some waistlines within the developers starting to expand ever so slightly. So, you know, for, purely from a, a yeah. health and safety standpoint, we decided yeah, to do exactly. something different. They're, they're not, they're not stupid. They're, put it like that. So there was that suspicion going on, but um, that we, we wanted to give something different back, and uh, there, there were sort of. Ideas banded around like mouth mats, mugs, uh, all sorts, all sorts of things like that. all the usual sort of things you, you do for promotional stuff. That would think like that would say thanks Frontier and that sort of thing. But we started thinking slightly differently, and, so, and um, we were going to do a poster with people's signatures on, and that that evolved into the plaque. Uh, one of the guys who did a load of tags for the people at Lakecon and Fantasticon. Uh, that were engraved and sort of milled and a really great effect suggested uh, perhaps we could do a plaque and said, yes absolutely we could. that would be fantastic and we've seen the plaque and it's a brilliant piece of work and we thought that would be great for Frontier give them a surprise and we did the book of thanks as well to give them that, just give everyone an opportunity to say thank you properly exactly and I suppose we should give the, the, the man himself a big shout out it's Ian McNeil who uh, came together and actually worked that plaque. And the plaque, for those that haven't seen a picture of it in uh, Twitter or on the Twitch stream, it's in the shape of a Cobra Mark III mounted on some black wood. Uh, and it looks phenomenal, it really does. And the, the writing on it basically says, thank you very much, Frontier, for making the galaxy our playground, or words yeah, to the yeah. effect, which is a lovely sentiment. Mm. Pretty much sums up how we feel as a community. Yeah, some, some of the wording came out. Uh, just different people coming up with different ideas. and. and uh, we're just sort of stimulating the people to, uh, and thinking processes and, uh, and people came up with some brilliant ideas a lot of ideas bouncing around and um, very much a team effort people. the checks were designed pretty much by committee really we had a Facebook group with uh, everyone sort of collaborating and, and people desperately trying not to invite Michael Brooks and his name would appear on the right hand <laughs> side and sort of, don't click on that name and <laughs> Everyone's saying, oh, actually, we could have that number there. We designed a check with the Kickstarter date, the launch date, and there was a Fibonacci sequence at the bottom. So, so all sorts of subtle things like that. And so we just wanted to make every little detail special for them. So just Absolutely. And certainly when David uh, Braben opened it on stage, he was quite surprised to see that it was issued by the, the Bank of Zeons, which, if anybody's played the game, it should be a familiar sound to all of you. Talk a little bit about the, uh, the Book of Thanks. Now, this was an interesting concept. We were very, very privileged to have it on the, uh, the Labour Radio stand and the amount of footfall that we got towards people coming over and signing that book and you know, not just signing it with their names. They, they, people sat down and they wanted to compose something for yeah. uh, Frontier Development and really write something meaningful in mm. that book. It was a lovely thing to watch and it's a lovely thing to read. I'm sure they're going to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that really, really sort of made it for me, the whole community involvement. And we had great fun in sorting out like and the, and the book in itself on Facebook and in the Skype group as well. Uh, but see, seeing everyone getting involved last night and tonight with signing the book and everyone sort of just writing huge, some, some huge amounts of writing in there, but every, yeah. every, bit of, every bit sort of shows just how much people feel about the game. And with all that's gone in the last few weeks, people are thinking, oh, is it a bit tense? Now, in the Skype group, we felt that it would... Uh, that was only a small part and the people still believe in the game very much and really wanted to say thank you properly and it gives everyone that chance to do so. 
Okay, well, I'm going to test your memory now. Can you reveal to us exactly how much was raised for the two charities? We raised uh, over £2,000 and we topped it up to a, a rather special figure, which was £2,209.84p, which matches the uh, launch date of the original leak, so it's 2209.84. We thought that was a nice little touch and we split that between the two charities equally. That's brilliant. Uh, Mike, thank you very much for your work on this and thank you very much for being such an outstanding member of the community. Pleasure talking to you, sir. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, so as the evening slowly wraps to a close here at the Elite Dangerous After Show Party, I've managed to capture the ever-elusive Mr. Alan Stroud. Good evening, sir. Hi, Foz. It's nice to see that your enthusiasm is coming through loud and clear. <laughs> well, you know, it is now nearly two o'clock in the morning. It has been a really, really long night. It's been an incredible night and we've had a fantastic time. I am very tired. <laughs> I, am, I am a very, 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 very tired official elite dangerous author. Well, I have to say, I can, I, you are wavering ever so slightly, but before you go to bed, I, I had to grab you because you've been so involved this evening. I think probably possibly far more than you thought you might be in terms of the fact that obviously we had the Lave radio booth there, we had the LaveCon 2015 booth there, which Karen did a sterling job. We had lots of interest. And then suddenly I looked around and there you were on stage doing a live reading of Lave Revolution. How did that go? It went very well. I mean, there was, yeah, there was a lot during the evening. I mean, the fact that we were also featured on the, the live Twitch stream was, was fantastic because I'm very passionate about the fact that the, the official books get their airing and get their promotion because they're so much a part of, you know, all of this release and making it have that kind of resonation that we really want it to have, you know, that real sort of sense of, of size. And yeah, you know, to then to then to go up on stage and do the reading, it was a little bit of a change to where we were doing the reading. We were sort of kind of out in the, the back of the hangar to start with. But I think it was a good change, very positive. And yeah, you know, they went down very well. Nice to get Chris Jarvis up there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he is an unsung <laughs> member of what he's done with the official fiction, particularly with the audio. And also Stephen Dearce, you know, nice to see him amongst everybody else yep. as well. So, so yeah, it was lovely. It was really nice. And obviously for those people that don't know, Stephen Dearce is the, uh, one of the Glance authors. Obviously we talk a lot about the Fantastic Books uh, publishing house because obviously a lot of our uh, friends from Lays Radio are quite heavily involved with Fantastic Publishing. But uh, it's good to hear the Glance guys there front and centre on stage and getting the recognition they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's unfortunate some of them couldn't, couldn't be with us. Uh, there were a couple of very last-minute emergencies, which was, was, yeah. was a real shame. But we had Marcus Gibbs, uh, the editor, and we had uh, Stephen Dias, one, one half of Gavin Dias, <laughs> uh, the author of Elite Wanted. And, you know, great reading. And I think as well, just in, in this occasion, it's again, it's about sort of getting that fiction out to, to people who've played the game and perhaps aren't aware of just how much more there is to this community. I think that's the same with, you know, with Lave Radio and with, uh, with LaveCon because the fact that we're part of it, the fact that we were embraced as fundamentally part of it as we were with a nice big table with a prominent place just shows how much we're recognized as being part of, of what's, you know, generating this interest. And, and even now, you know, we're sitting here two hours after the event 
and the party's still going here at the Holiday Inn and <laughs> everyone's just chatting about the stuff they love and yeah. that's, that's lovely you know absolutely and there must be there must be over sort of 50 people here still going still eating still drinking well I say still drinking the bar is now officially closed but it has gone 2 o'clock in the morning and people are just so enthusiastic and still talking about the stuff that they've been looking at for the last 6 hours will you take this back 2 years and um, if you remember when we did Lavecon uh, in 2013 in Cheltenham and by this point I think Graham Reed's had just about fallen asleep <laughs> and there was maybe 15 of us left who decided to pile cushions all over him and if um, anyone's listening that hasn't seen that photograph I'm sure we can find it and make sure it's prominent for you again the absolute but, version um, of Buckaroo yeah it is you know it is lovely to see the energy is just you know, it, for those of us that are tired that have, have spent all day working on things I mean you know I'm my, my back is gone um, at this stage you know with all the walking and moving around but it is lovely to see that energy and that energy feeds other people and you know this evening I've, I've walked around and people have come up to me and said I loved your book you know really like this and that's the kind of thing that spurs you on that's the kind of thing that makes you want to do more stuff um, and of course Karen's been here and, and, and sort of talked a lot about Lavecom to people as well and a lot of interest there so yeah it's been fantastic no it has it's been superb and again the, the, the sheer range of people that we've had uh, coming up we've had people that have been you know big fans of the stuff they've been doing either the you know, the fiction or you know, the Lave radio production you know we've had people that have been playing this game since the early alphas and then out of nowhere we've had people that have had absolutely no contact with this game apart from they backed it two years ago they had no sort of they haven't even bothered reading the newsletters they haven't listened to Lave radio they haven't even played the game and they've turned up tonight for the launch party like a complete blank canvas and it's like wow yeah we, uh, we have fiction and uh, this oculus rift thing is awesome and, and the game just looks amazing. and I was, I was i was so good i i, I was definitely did the right thing by backing this two years ago and it's like where the hell have you been <laughs> you know the, the journey that we've been on for the last two years you, you have missed out on all of that but you know welcome to the party yeah i think i mean as well you and i can kind of sit back here and reflect on this because one of the things that Lave Radio and one of the reasons Lave Radio existed and exists well, it's not its not a reason we need it for now but it was one of the reasons that Lave Radio existed at the time when it was started was to provide the community with something in terms of content that would fill the time whilst we waited for this game to develop and if you remember some of the things we had to work on you know a concept picture yeah. To turn up to, you know, as I say, Levcon 2013, and Michael Brooks then announces, oh, this is what the galaxy's going to be like. <laughs> That's a long time ago. And, you know, and, and us discussing, maybe we could have a ship where a ship actually can dock with the ship and you can fly either of them, you know. And to know that some of these things are coming into the game, that some of these things are part of what we're doing we've gone through an awful lot and we've spent late nights together <laughs> I don't think there's anybody in my life that I have spent that many late nights with <laughs> than you guys obviously Karen would probably hopefully disagree with yeah, that yeah 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 okay you know uh, I mean she's kind of there half the time you know yeah she's there so, with us unfortunately yeah, for her just in the background absolutely you know 
No, it has. It's been one hell of a journey. And, and yeah. so you are probably the people who I have most had to interrupt to medicate <laughs> my cat. Uh, that's, that's probably true. Oh, brilliant. Uh, well, I say it's been a fantastic night. The, the, the fiction's done fantastically well, obviously. Uh, Lave Revolution is doing really well. The feedback that we're getting has been absolutely superb for it. You must be thrilled with that. But uh, we're asking the same question to everybody. Where would you like to see Alan Stroud in terms of fiction in a year's time? Where would you like to see the game in a year to two years' time? I think the planetary landing stuff is something that I want. I want to see more ships. I think 30 is amazing. I've said to people here this evening, as an official author, I've been privy to the ship list for some time. And the ship list that we have is 23 ships we knew. Yeah. So knowing that there's another seven that I don't know, oh, that's very interesting. Actually, I thought there were only two. No, there's another seven. I think I'd like to see, and I was talking to Ben about this, actually, in the car on the way over to the hotel at one point. I would like to see a, a good depiction of the Alliance because we know that from the history of the Alliance that basically they recommissioned old science ships, they recommissioned old explorer vessels. These are old sort of freighters and crap, basically. <laughs> I would like to see Frontier produce a line of ships that had that kind of look to them because we've got, the Federation's got utilitarian, the Empire's got sleek lines and curves. I want to see industrial plants in space. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a, a thing for me you know and I think it's possibly because of the fiction that I've written no, absolutely but I, that is a thing for me and I think that's a, it'll be a nice addition to the way in which the universe works I, I don't know where it's going to go I mean I've I've got planned for two more books if Frontier are happy to have us back to do more there are, and I've spoken to Darren Gray about this there are many many things in the history that deserve books that I'm not writing about and there's a couple that I'd like to crack at if no one else wants to crack at it like the revolt on Ali Ulf yeah. just before the alliance was forged. I'd like to see the history come out. I've said this to Michael several times. It needs another look yeah. because it needs to be polished in light of the fiction that has come out and it needs to be set into to sections so that it's more digestible for, for players. But, you know, I've said to David Braben tonight, they only have to say elite to me and I'm happy to pull the shift. So if they want me to do that work or if, or if someone else is doing that work, I, I don't mind. You know, I'm really happy to, to contribute in terms of the way in which that is. It'd be lovely to see that though because I think there's a genuine enthusiasm for that document. It's not quite in the form that it's no, in. It I'm needs sure. a little bit of work, but you know, it'd be lovely to get that because it's just essentially it will be a huge expansion to what you already have in the Frontier Gazetteer. You yeah. know, if you think of how much certain people love that, this is like a book version, and it would be very cool. Well, I can only speak as as a layman, but as someone that's read Lave Revolution, there's a few stories left there that haven't been answered. So. Yeah, I would be desperate for you to get more sort of a license to continue that story and answer some of the questions that you cunningly left open at the end of Lay Revolution. Tiny tip. If you were a backer, turn to the back cover. There's a little sticker in the corner. <laughs> and you heard it here first, folks. So if you haven't turned to your uh, back cover which I must admit I haven't. Go and do it now and see exactly what Alan is talking about. But I can see from the pain on Alan's face, his back definitely needs a rest. He's been up on it all day. So 
thank you very much, mate, for stopping by and talking to us this evening. Congratulations on a fantastic night, and uh, we'll catch you on the next show. Cheers, Alan. Thank you too, Foz. Okay, and this is it, guys. This is the final interview of the night. We are still here at the after-show party for the Elite Dangerous launch party event at the Duxford Imperial War Museum. We saved the best till last. We have got the man himself, the man of a thousand outfits, the wonderful Mr. Fantastic Dan. Hello, Dan. <laughs> Hello, Chris. Thanks for having me. I hope you'll still live up to your billing. It is actually 2.30 in the morning. You should still be fantastic. Yeah, pretty fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Dan, just take us through. Obviously, you're here. You're a fan of the stuff, but you've obviously got a business interest. How has it been from your side of things? How has Fantastic Books come out this evening? Well, we arrived in the early hours of this morning and dropped off lots and lots of books and USB cards and everything else, the audiobooks. And to be perfectly honest, you guys have gone absolutely crazy over them. It's been wonderful. I've been surrounded on all sides by people who are so ridiculously passionate about the elite universe and about the elite books. It's just been really, really cool from start to finish. Thank you very much. It's been amazing. And obviously you've got a room for about a thousand people, most of whom would probably have read the books that you guys are turning out. Yeah, that's been great, actually. It's been wonderful having conversations with a variety of different commanders, some of which I know, some of which I don't. Some guys from the forums who I knew their names, know their faces. It's building an awful lot of gaps, much like Lavecon and Fantasticon did. It's been absolutely awesome. Couldn't be happier. And obviously this journey's been going for a good two years. You jumped on about a year ago with all the fiction tie-ins. How has it been to see this come to fruition and have your authors up there on stage doing live readings of their works out to an audience of 500,000 people plus? Well, I, I've got to be honest, I was, I was proud as punch. I really, it was almost tear in the eye kind of stuff. It really was. Uh, it was. It was incredible to see how well the authors were, how relaxed the authors were, you know. It really really shows the passion and the... And the I can't even put it into words, Chris. It was amazing for me. It was amazing for me. And I spent the entire time just clapping and whooping and hollering and <laughs> the occasionally saluting from the back. It was wonderful. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. And obviously, the first audiobook has just gone out into the wild. Tales of the Frontier has gone out in audio format. I've listened to it. I think it's absolutely amazing. What do you think of the stuff that Chris Jarvis has produced? Oh, well, that's a very easy question to answer. Chris Jarvis is clearly a complete Jedi in what he does. The layers of sound involved in... These guys haven't just read the book, okay? They've, they've genuinely connected with the book and they've had some very professional direction and that direction's come from Chris Jarvis during the record. Following that, Chris is obviously taking the official soundscape from the game and he's layered that over as well and he's done some incredibly clever stuff. For example, if a voice is coming over radio, then that radio voice has been treated with a variety of filters to sound like it's coming from um, a mic in the cockpit or from a speaker in the cockpit. I mean, Chris really knows his stuff. I, I couldn't be more impressed, I couldn't be more chuffed, and these are easily my favourite audiobooks I've ever heard, and I've listened to hundreds of the damn things. Yeah, absolutely. I must admit, I'm a, a big fan of audiobooks. I you know, subscribe to Audible. I listen to at least about four or five audiobooks a month, and I was sort of a little bit sort of... I know, apprehensive the wrong word. I wanted these books to be amazing, you know? And I knew that Chris was doing something different with these books. He was going to take them 
and put a soundscape behind them. And most audiobooks don't have that. We knew that the audiobooks are going to have quality voice casting in terms of the likes of Toby Longworth, who's done a lot of audio work. So the audio voice work was always going to be good. But the extra element that Chris has brought in in terms of adding the actual soundscape and the layering behind it, for fans of the game who know what a Sidewinder engine sounds like, when someone's talking about firing up the engines in a story and then suddenly a sound you recognize comes over in the background, the level of immersion that gives you for that audiobook is just phenomenal. Agreed, it is absolutely awesome. And you know what, Chris has done so much more than simply layer a sound over the top of what these actors have done. The actors themselves, Toby Longworth and the wonderful Penelope McDonald, have done incredible things. Both of them have decades in the field, they know exactly what they're doing. And both Penny and Toby are essentially a cast of 20 or 30 different actors, all their own. They are, they've done amazing work to get this thing laid down, but then for Chris to treat them like he's treated them, there's been a variety of different really cool things that he's done, including recording three or four or five different ships passing in a particular way just so he can get the right sound for it. Now, he's been speaking to Frontier and getting access to various things, but even so, just to manage to lay down these tracks and get them so beautiful, He's a, he's a real expert, he's a real professional and anyone who says that Chris Jarvis from the Radio Theatre Workshop is an amateur is a complete liar. Just listen to our books, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, obviously I'm going to slightly biased but uh, I'm absolutely going to agree with that tenfold. So tell us then, what uh, we've had Tales from the Frontier, that's out. We've spoken to Kate already this evening, she's expecting her audiobook to come out soon. What's next after Kate's book? Ooh, okay, so you're after some exclusives for Live Radio. Okay, no problem. Well, directly after Kate is going to come Drew Wagars, and with luck, the production's going to be finished around the 30th, 31st of December, so we're definitely going to be releasing that in the new year. And by the end of February, all five fantastic audiobooks will be out in the world in MP3 download. Now, as soon as they're released and they're available, then we'll start pressing the CDs and all the hard copies will also start heading out as well. So come the end of March next year, everything's going to be out in every format and it's all going to be awesome. Now, um, just, to, just to jump on this during the Elite Dangerous event that we've enjoyed today, we have released the Tales from the Frontier anthology. Now, it's 16 plus hours of elite goodness, as you guys all know. And today we've been selling them on four gig USB cards. Uh, we're pretty happy with those, they do look pretty cool and uh, we will be creating these cards for every one of the five books so it looks like we've completely sold out in about an hour and a half of these first books for the TFTF so all the other four will be being produced so and they will be available in the fantastic bookstore so go and grab yourself a copy today I was going to say I have to I mean I've already obviously listened to Tales from the Frontier I pre-ordered it and downloaded it from the Radio Theatre Workshop but the audiobooks in the USB key format looked absolutely amazing tonight. And uh, I almost wish I'd sort of held off and, and bought one. So where are these going to be available to buy? Well, the, first of all, let me say that the whole idea of these audiobooks, exactly the same as our, as our e-books, is they are completely DRM-free. So what you're buying is a 4 gigabyte, perfectly serviceable USB card that looks sexy as hell. And you can go ahead and remove those files and put them anywhere you like and you end up with a nice 4-gig card to use. So that's the reason why they're a little more expensive than the straight MP3 download. Now the cards will be available through the store. In the future, they'll be available through the Frontier store. That's right, the Frontier store, guys. So keep your eye out on the store and they will arrive there. And of course, they'll be available on all other outlets. So 
For example, the audiobooks will be available through Audible, which is obviously Amazon's store, but Audible won't stock anything unless they've got five products. So unfortunately, none of the audiobooks will be available until all five books are complete. And those five books will be complete by the end of February, the early March uh, next year and then Audible will be stocking all five. That's phenomenal, because obviously with going to Audible, you're going to hit a much bigger marketplace and going to get exposure to uh, people that maybe haven't been following the story so far. So that is absolutely phenomenal work. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this evening. Dan, a massive thank you to you for everything you've done with the community, for everything you've done in terms of helping Labour Radio. Good luck with the books going forward, and I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. More than a pleasure. The elite community is awesome. Thank you very much and rock on, guys. Right on, commanders. Thanks, Dan. Is your life like this? It's like having an orange <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see the galaxy. Two seconds, I'll be right back.